What is happening, everyone? My name is Brandon Long, your co-host, alongside my host, Justin Mahaley. Inside today's episode 216, we talk about building and bringing a village and what it takes to be successful. We are bringing the heat. We have two bombs at the end. We can't wait to chat with you guys. As always, podcast brought to you by Revive Substance. Brought to you by Raw Substance. Huge code, man. Haley or long at checkout to support your boys. I'll see you inside. All right. So tomorrow when I come out to Tampa, you get to see the mullet. You get to see the the, the, the mullet uh, growth that's occurred. I'll, I'll meet you with a hat. Yeah. <laughs> No, dude, it looks sick. I need a toboggan. I need a toboggan to put on my head and cover it all a up. Beanie? A, a, a beanie? A beanie. A beanie, yeah. Up the north, we call, or in the Midwest, in the northern Midwest, we call it toboggan. But I remember when... That's just, that's not real. I know, and I remember when you found out that, you know, that's what we called it, and you were very confused. You were extremely confused. Wait, what's, <laughs> it, what, what's a toboggan to you? I've never even heard that word in my life. Oh, you never you heard of that word? I think it I think, sounds like a it sounds like a bobsled. That's what you said. You said that that's yeah. It's like a bobsled or some shit like that. Yeah, we we call it like we call beanies toboggans. Um, well, the great news is uh, when I got to Tampa, I know that Brandon won't race me again, so he doesn't. Uh, Dude, I'm, I am ready at any fucking point to just put you on skate. So, do you guys really think Brandon could beat me in a race? And this it's not is even like, close. This is like any distance, like forty yard dash, like hundred meters, like fifty meters. Like, you guys actually think? Does is there anyone here that actually thinks that Brandon can beat me? I think in you're a asking race? the wrong question. I think if anyone thinks that you have a shot, <laughs> <laughs> here's how I see this playing out: is like Brandon's going to have like this mysterious injury. That like happens like as soon he's one of those guys like in high school we'd have guys who like all of a sudden they're in the lat they're in last and they like oh their hamstring fucking hurts like dude how many fucking pulled hamstrings can you have in one year and just return to practice the next day like nothing happened. You know, yeah, that was always the DBs whenever I got by them. They always had a, a hamstring pull. I would, I would say I had at least like six hamstrings pulled by me on, my, on the record. Have you, have you ever had your hamstring pulled before? Have you ever had to pull one pull dude, one of those? I've never gotten hurt. Yeah, dude, damn, really knock on wood for sure. I've never, I've never, never knock on it. I've never torn, separated, broke. Fucking fractured anything in my life. Yeah, I've been I've been pretty lucky as well. You've like sprained an ankle though, yeah. Oh yeah, I I mean when you roll it, that shit's just swollen and black yeah. and blue. Yeah, yeah, and you're off of it for like you know a month. Yeah, dude. That yeah, dude. Sprained ankles are honestly one of the worst injuries you can. Oh, oh dude, it just makes you want to punch something. Oh my god! <laughs> that like rage that you get yeah. right after you do it. So listen. Oh, so listen. Um, remember when I went to Ubby Dubby by myself? Yeah. All right. So I'm walking up. It's a really long walk to like the the opening gates of the festival um, from like where I was. A really long walk, or from where the Uber drop off was. And so I'm walking yeah. up, and you know, it's like fucking crazy in there. It's like, there's just people mm-hmm. in one place. Right. And I see, you know, the VIP line is like a sharp turn to the left. And I, I, I was walking towards this GA line that was like, un- it was hours long. And so I hit this sharp left turn. And when I hit it, 
my right ankle planted on like in between the concrete and the grass. And then in the grass, oh. there was this little dirt divot. So like the grass wasn't really there. It was like something like, like just tore it up a little bit. And I fucking sprained my shit, dude. In front of all these people, this big ass fucking dude, just spraying oh, his man. shit for all these people. And let me tell you, I walked that shit off like a champ. I looked around and I was like, damn, that's all that Hill's got on me. And I, like, people were like, LOL and stuff. But I fucking did you give it a little, like a did you give it a little one legged hop afterwards. That's my favorite. No, like, and you, you no. It, and then you give it that little hop afterwards. Yeah. And, and then after the hop lands, like everything's okay. You can like walk on it a little bit. Yeah. Like, dude, I just, I like hobbled over. I stood tough, dude. But I was like, look, if I can make it through this like initial pain hit, and like get to the other side, I know that I won't like I won't subside to whatever I'm I'm, I'm feeling here. I know that I can be good, mm-hmm. um, and so you know I went inside. I got a few shots of, of tequila, and all of a sudden my ankle wasn't sprained anymore. So mm-hmm. for those of you at home, if you ever sprain your ankle, <laughs> you just have to take a few shots of tequila, and all of a sudden it is. It doesn't matter where you are or what you're doing. <laughs> doesn't matter. Just take a couple. Yeah. If you're, if you sprain it, you know, walking into church, you know, you're walking into the gym, yep. just keep that bottle on you, you keep know, that stay strapped, that Cuervo, <laughs> keep it on you, dude. And, and dude so, honestly, a sprained ankle is probably one of the worst feelings. I mean, I, that I've experienced, I've never broke anything, but like, if it gets worse than that, I don't know if I can handle that. That's tough. Uh, oh, you know, what's worse. I had shingles. I had nasty oh. shingles. Dude, all over Ouch. my fucking private area, like in college. I was like, uh, dude, I thought for sure I had fucking, I thought I had something real nasty going on. Yeah, eight. Dude, I thought I had fucking something. I was like peeing and it was burning so fucking bad. And I ended up, I went, I ended up going into the ER after, you know, a couple of days because it spread so How do you get fast. that? Um, yeah, man. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I'm not sure. I just know I had it. And it was horrid. It was like a whole bunch of like breakouts, like all over my Yeah, dude. Oh. It was awful. Yeah. It was awful. And you had the so chicken pox before? It was yeah. Yeah, when I was younger. Uh-huh. When I was younger. Hmm. Um and or wait, no. Was it the chicken if you have the chicken pox, you can't get shingles, or if you've had shingles and you haven't had chicken pox, whatever it is. I don't know. Whatever it was. But I went into the emergency room um, because it hurt so bad to pee. <laughs> and like, they gave me this medicine and you know, they like looked at it and they're like, oh yeah, like, yeah, this isn't very good. And they like, gave me this medicine for it. This, like, shingles <laughs> this medicine. isn't very good. <laughs> yeah, dude. They were way more casual about it than I was. <laughs> I was like, you I'm don't dead. say, dude, you don't say. And it was weird because I remember the time frame. I was like hooking up with a new chick who I was like pretty into and stuff, but like, it didn't come from her. Like it came from like, I think the lifetime fitness, um, I was in prep at the time. So I think, and I was using the steam room a good amount. So I think it came from the lifetime fitness, like steam room. Cause man, Donald will get you, bro. Yeah, those old ass dudes were nasty in there, bro. It was they're dirty and they're naked with their buttholes on the wooden sh- bench, shaving their fucking it. buttholes. It's awful oh. what happens in those places. I would never That's venture into one again. Um, but dude, man, <laughs> it hurts so fucking bad. And they gave me this medicine, and like after like three or four days, it like cleared up. But like I was at the point with this chick where I remember I couldn't tell her like like hey I like I got a breakout on my fucking you know. 
Like, cause it, yeah. it wasn't from like her or anything. I like, it wasn't like that. It wasn't STD. It was like, it was just shingles. And so I like had to like put off for like four days. Like, this is why, like, we can't hang out. Cause like I'm fucking busy or whatever. Um, then all of a sudden they were gone and well, we didn't work out. You get in last place at in track. Yeah. <laughs> That's how I got shingles. Cause I got beat so bad in track. Yeah, dude. You know, it's worse than a pulled hamstring. Oh, dude, I pulled, hey, a, I, I pulled a hamstring and I got cursed with shingles. <laughs> oh man. Well, I'm excited to, uh, I'm coming out to Tampa Bay this weekend. Um, been traveling out there a lot recently. We're, we're going to, uh, see excision. If any of you guys know who excision is, you guys fucking better know who excision is. We're going to be seeing him mm-hmm. in Tampa Bay Friday. If you see us there, God, no, you didn't. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say if you see us at, at excision, don't take. No. I don't want to take a picture. No, you didn't. I don't want to take a you picture. You did not see us at excision. If you see us anywhere else, we'd love to meet you, but definitely not at yeah. excision. Um, Friday's off. Friday's off limits. Yeah, yeah. Friday. I, I don't have a podcast on Friday. <laughs> nope. I don't know nope. who that no guy athlete. is. Nothing. No athlete, no business. Nothing. Nothing. But I got uh, I got Emily Smith competing at uh, Universe this weekend on Friday. I'm extremely excited for her. We're looking for some redemption off that fifth place finish. She looks significantly better. We're about four pounds up. She's looking really good. Um, so we'll see her posiness. That girl just improves. She just simply gets better. It's it's remarkable to watch. She's gotten a lot, gotten a lot better since the first time that uh, yeah. she competed. Or even the last the last time she competed dude you know what's nuts uh we in 12 months we have done nine shows together and man she is one of the healthiest clients i have on my roster it is remarkable how like just the 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 depths that she goes to that's kind of emily's genetic freakness if you will is definitely her ability to like maintain health um like she she's squeaky clean so i'm really proud of how that's been managed but hopefully uh you know we get the job done on friday that would be phenomenal but um something that emily has that has really pushed her progression to a completely new level is the community, the environment, the village that she has around here in Austin. You know, that's why she moved to Austin. That's why um, I know you guys have seen a ton of my athletes have, you know, moved down here and house a lot of my high caliber, high level people. Some of my best people move down here. And every day we get to train together. Every single day we go to factory gym at 1030. We hit our training session. We hit our posing afterwards. Like we're living like a bodybuilding boot camp type situation and you know obviously they get interaction with me every single day i see their physiques every single day i see you know everything going on every day and within our village that we have here it's like most people have like found their best friends and i find that extremely rewarding but even if you're not best friends with the person that's next to you because you don't have to be like it's not like everyone on tm just bffs it's not like that's not how it works. Like, but you have right. a ton of respect for the work that they're putting in for, you know, what they're doing to push this team and this brand further for the culture of which they uphold themselves to. And, you know, Emily's really, since she moved down here, she's really just changed such a significant amount. Like when she's first moved here, she was real insecure. She was real quiet. She just like sat, sat back and like watch and listen to man. Now, like she's a leader. And she's really stepping into that power. So it's extremely special uh, for me to see her entire prep is extremely special. And man, when she started with me, she had, um, 
uh, she had some real bad GI issues. Um, like she, she had, I remember she had yeah, she had a mild case of gastroparesis that we, yep. we actually had to fix, um, you know, before we were able to make much progression and, uh, right. man, so it's really cool to see her come full circle. But the other day, my friend, John Dorsey Goob, who most of you guys might, uh, know on Instagram is the guy who's outing everyone who's a fake influencer. He made a, a post the first slide on it just says it takes a village and his caption bodybuilding is hard. The best competitors are ones to do their homework and research. They don't cheap out. They don't have fast. They don't wing it, bring your best, but also bring your best support. It makes a huge difference. And I kind of want to go through a hierarchy of, of, of this village process. Um, and kind of what this looks like. I, you know, I believe the number one, the most important foundation is what's the standard that you simply hold yourself to. Um, this is really straightforward. This is extremely simple. Um, this is something that really only, you know, the answer to, and no one else can really have the answer to what do you hold yourself to? What do you value? Um, what's your work ethic like? And, and it's not just the work ethic that, you know, people who build this remarkable work ethic where they're able to go outer worldly with it seems like what they're able to handle and and the effort they're able to put in that's a skill and that's a skill that's learned and acquired over you know a a lot of tumultuous work and practice that goes into this skill refinement i believe maximum effort is a skill and the base foundation of bodybuilding just like any sport is how much effort are you going to be able to put into your skill? And, you know, what's the discipline that, you know, you can practice that with? Um, and, you know, in bodybuilding, it's like, all right, like in basketball, you can be like seven feet tall and, you know, have this ridiculous wingspan and like be somewhat athletic. And like, man, you could probably, you know, make it pretty close to the NBA, right? Just based off your, your, your stature, yeah. Just based off that. And, you know, I'm sure, you know, the practice hard stuff, but it's like, you know, you leave practice and it's like, it's not like you have to follow this extremely strict diet regimen. It's not like your, your sleep is on this extremely, um, regimented schedule, uh, because you're not just tearing down these muscle fibers and forcing all these hormonal responses. Um, you know, you can be more lackadaisical in your daily approach as long as you give a lot of effort into the basketball approach, Right. Well, obviously, right, bodybuilding right. is vastly different than that. Like, yeah, you can't turn it off. What you're doing outside of the gym is is directly correlated to what you are able to show in the gym, and what you're able mm -hmm. to show in the gym is a direct correlation to what you're able to put on stage under the lights. Um, and so, what's your environment? What's the village around you? Well, number one, what's the standard you hold yourself to? Number two, I believe it's yeah. I mean, who, who's your coach? That's a large dictating factor, and you know, how far you are going to go because now this person has this standard. Right. If their standard is not higher for yourself than your standard is, you will not elevate. You will not reach this level um, of, of superiority within this sport without having a culture that really supports and drives and pushes that. Now, there's yeah, you definitely... Need some, you, need, you need those people in your coach to be able to say, like, there's, there's more... We yeah. got to dig more. We got to keep going. We got further. We got to dig more. We got to get leaner. You know, we got to get stronger. We got to get bigger. Like, you might look at yourself and be like, you know, or even some people around you might be like, oh, shit, like, you, you know, you look good. Mm -hmm. There are other people around you being like, hey, you got more. Yeah. So th this is, 
something I'm working through with one of my mentees right now um, is he, he has a, a big gym um, and personal training business going on. He puts a lot of people on stage. Um, and his issue right now is that not everyone is giving him their best. They're missing check-ins. They're lackadaisical during their training sessions. Their entire approach is just give me, give me, give me without actually putting anything into it, right? And it's like, well, if all you do is make withdrawals from an ATM, but you never put anything back into your bank account, eventually it runs out, right? And I think we're kind of at the point where things have run out because he's tired of like, these people don't check in, they don't do their work, they don't X, Y, Z, I need more out of them. And, you know, he has the ability to be a really, really good prep coach. And he's coming around in, in our last meeting um, last Wednesday, so about a week ago, I told him that the reason he's having the experience he's currently having is because his culture is not, his external culture and his company is not matching the internal cu culture that he holds for himself. So like, Every little win is celebrated when the reality is like little wins are just something that should inherently happen. Like we shouldn't have to try very hard for little wins. If you're doing your job every day, then by you know nature, they're just going to happen. And, you know, with these little wins, it's like, okay, it's cool if your clients hype about it and stuff, but I believe if we're celebrating all these little wins, it's your coach's job to make sure that the picture is being painted for what a, a, a quality win looks like. And, you know, right now he, he gives a lot of validation for things that don't necessarily deserve much validation because it's just the bare minimum is being accomplished. So it's something yeah, that we're, your job. yeah, yeah. It's something that we're working on there actively. And in one week he said, he saw a very big shift. Like he's been really practicing it. I told him, I don't be afraid to offend somebody. It's okay. It's perfectly fine if you offend someone. Like, yeah, you know, these people are paying for a service, but if part of your service is being brutally honest and truthful with your clients or with your athletes, then that's something that you have to put your nice guy or your emotional side uh, to the, the side and actually give, you know, some logic or reasoning as to what we need to drive home to maintain your culture, right? It's like, yeah, okay. If it yields better results and wins and more success, why would you not want that from your coach? Exactly. And, and these, they, they, they want to, people want to be held to the standard. So it's like, okay, you know, last month you might have lost six pounds, but you only checked in two times. You missed two check-ins. Like, you're yep. supposed to check in. Like, okay, so there's one win, but man, wonder what we could have done if you checked in every single week, right? So what's the culture that your coach is maintaining? And right now with my mentee, like I said, that's what I'm working on. He already in one week has done a phenomenal job, so I'm extremely proud of the turnaround that's happened there. But there's a real-life example happening right now of like, hey, this culture has been insufficient, and there's a lot of close losses happening. And I remember when I was at a place around four years ago where there was a lot of close seconds happening or close thirds happening. And it's like, man, like what was going on here? Like I was so frustrated with what was happening. It was the standard. I didn't have this set check-in time. You have to check in before this time. Um, I didn't have these extremely strict rules that I have now. It's like boot camp now. It's very intense. Mm -hmm. the, the process is very intense now. And I think if you intensify the process and you force this effort and the pressure onto the athlete, it's really going to make or break them. And this is another conversation I have with another one of my mentees. 
and you know, you're a coach as well. You're new to it, but you're finding good success in it. And so this is something that I want you to remember as well. If you're applying this pressure and you're holding people to this expectation and you're putting your best foot forward for them every single day in all of the work that you do and they leave, that's not a reflection of you. That's a reflection of them. It also doesn't mean it's a negative reflection of them. This could be a simple reflection of you guys' cultures don't mesh well. That's perfectly okay. And not everyone's going to be a fit. But once your culture is extremely refined, and once everything you know, your standardized um, process is cranking out results at a remarkably high level. Because results are never just physical, right? Like all the best results you've gotten, their minds have completely changed. Like right. Everything's changed about this person. Yeah, we change the physique. You change the life. You change the full everything. life. Everything about it. They're getting they're promotions. The they're, they're, yeah, they're leaving yep. relationships or starting new relationships or whatever. Like we're changing lives here. Because mm-hmm. how you do one thing is how you do everything. So if your physique is leveling up, the rest of you know the shit you're doing isn't going to stay the same. So you have these people, and you change their lives. Not everyone is going to fit within that standardized culture that you've found works for you, right? Um, it is okay if people leave. It is not a reflection of you or them. Personally, I view it as a win. When someone doesn't fit in here, it's like, okay, this opens, that's perfect. That's probably fine. This opens the door for somebody else who does fit in here. Right, and, exactly. and I think, you know, I mean, now, man, I look through my roster and it's like, fuck, dude, everyone kind of, you know, fits pretty well into, you know, what I want to mm-hmm. be done here. Um, so the cultural refinement is a massive thing. Have you kind of experienced this? You know, you've been a coach for a little over a year now. Have you experienced mm-hmm. anything along these lines of I'm having too loose of a culture here or I'm letting things slip too much and I need to, to kind of fix things up? Or do you feel like you kind of pass through that? Yeah, no, I, I definitely have experienced, you know, some things like that where, uh, I have athletes that, you know, I like and we get along well and the communication is pretty good. But then because, like, I, we get along so well, we have, like, a friendship, some things drop in areas and I don't – and I hadn't necessarily called them out on it. I just kind of, you know, would pick up the slack instead of saying, hey, this is the standard. Like, I expect you to, you know, send two or three training videos per session and I have been getting – two or three per week, yeah. you know, and it shows in their physique too. So again, like noticing that as a coach, like you're a direct representation of your athlete. If yeah. they're not responding, if they're not, you know, making progress, then, you know, what, what am I doing on my end to make sure that they're being held accountable for the things I'm letting slip, you know? So I, I noticed that in a few of my athletes earlier in the year and we started to, hold each other accountable throughout our, all of us, uh, throughout yeah. our whole entire team. Um, and we've seen a, a, a major shift in the culture. I love Everybody that. wants to be better on my team. Everybody, we're actually running a challenge right now today um, for best set of the day. And I wasn't even I the one that, that started it. Yeah. I wasn't even the one that started it. Was one, it was somebody else on the team I that was that. like, hey, who has, who's going to work harder than me today? Yeah. I literally said that, that in the chat. And I was like, I was like, oh, shit. Shots fired, and then they went back and forth, back and forth, and then all of a sudden, I'm like, "Hey, you know, winner gets free protein and a pre workout from Raw." And Dude, you know, you know, we're having fun with it. Let's go, damn! I want to do one of these so soon. That sounds like fun. That sounds like a lot. Yeah, of fun. dude, it's cool. 
Hell yeah. yeah. So, so you, that's, that's just kind of what we built, you know, over the last you know year and like, it wasn't easy. You yeah. know, I've had people leave. Um, but like you said, it's, you know, for the better, but yeah. uh, so I'm not going to, I'm gonna be honest, you know, sometimes I drop the ball, you know, yeah. as a young coach and I didn't want to hurt people's feelings and call them out, but um, not saying I'm a dickhead now, but you know, I, I definitely set the standard with the team. Extreme ownership means that you care. And yeah. as a coach, I believe that it is just vitally important for us to have extreme ownership. I don't believe you can be an effective leader without having extreme ownership. And this is a massive culture. Uh, this might be the top of my, my personal culture that I hold now. And it's very, very interesting to see because, you know, 15 months ago, that was not the case. Around 12 months ago is when that started kind of forming. And so it's kind of a newer thing and like embracing and having that power is very new, but this extreme ownership of, Hey, you know what? Sometimes we are going to drop the ball. Like we're human. Like we're, we're, it's every SEAL coach has times where it's like, fuck, you just missed something. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I, I think this is like through process refinement, like what's working, what's not working and then make adjustments to the thing that aren't working to make them work through process refinement. I think, um, optimizing and finding your best processes is only possible if you have extreme ownership and, you know, just today I had a client who competed recently just today. He checked in and I was like, you know what, man, I, we, we over dieted you a bit. Like we lost, we sacrificed some fullness and some size at the end. We sacrificed like 2% of that for 0.1% conditioning. And, mm-hmm. you know, I was like, my bad on that, dude. Like, that's 100% me. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, next time that won't happen. And, you know, his response was extremely positive. That kind of ownership just establishes trust in people. Absolutely. And now... I don't, I'm not sure this athlete could have trusted me more than he already does, but now, you know, there's even more trust. There. There's more happening. Right. And, you know, next time we go through our process, we are going to have that because I didn't shy away from it. I just noticed it today because of the way he's harnessing the rebound. I'm like, fuck dude, you're up 24 pounds. And like, you're still holding similar conditioning. We definitely overnighted. Um, yeah. Like, that's okay. Yeah. It, it, it was his first prep ever. Well, you're was, still learning too. You're still learning too. You know, you're not. No, you're never going to know everything. Always. Like you're never going to be perfect. There's still going to be things that we all can learn. Yeah, I was. I was in a mentee meeting this morning, and I was. Um, this coach was giving me a lot of props, and and um, you know just what what's been happening here. And I was like, man, you know what's wild? You look back 12 months from ago, and I was like, damn, I'm a shit. I was a shit coach back then compared to where I'm at now. <laughs> and what's dope is the next 12, I'm going to look back again and be like, damn, I was a shit coach yep. 12, like right yeah. now compared to yeah. where I'm at then. And it's like, man, that process yeah. is just so rewarding. You should always be able to look back and really have that growth. And, you know, again, I, I, I would attribute a lot of that to the extreme ownership and the people, you know, who are around me, which takes me to number three. You know, you have yourself in the culture – that you've established, you have your coach and the culture they established. And number three, like, man, I have the dopest fucking supporting squad of anyone. Like, yep. holy fuck. I, I posted a picture on Instagram um, a few weeks ago, and I said I would rather lose with my people than win with anybody else. 
And for the yeah. first time in my career, I absolutely feel that way. And I wholeheartedly believe that way. I don't, I don't want anybody else. I just want my people. And because well, you know that win or lose, like we're not going anywhere. Exactly. You like, know, we're, we're not. We're not there just because you win. Yeah, the loyalty of my current friend group and athlete group, like close circle athlete group, like I guess the people who've kind of become my friends, it's unbelievable. And like you know, it's mm-hmm. it's interesting. I um, I I talked to Danielle about it recently. I have imposter syndrome with it. And it's something I'm currently working through is this imposter syndrome of like, man, do I really deserve this? Like, do I deserve <laughs> like, like our friendship, mine and Shannon's yeah. friendship, mine and D's friendship, mine and AJ's friendship, you know, Cecily's all the way at everyone across the board. Do I really deserve these friends? Like, and like you don't deserve me. <laughs> I, I definitely, I, I, I deserve way more than you. Like exponentially. I'm like looking for replacements. I'm like, someone want to just be cooler than Brandon? Like it's not hard. Like the bar's so low, you can just step over it. <laughs> no, but no, but you're right. No, you're right. And, and I think it's, I think it's, it's powerful. It's cool. It's it's, and you, you know, you have something, you know, similar that that you're finding right now is like, man, like you've got your people who just love you and Mm -hmm. like, you know, we'll do anything for you. And it's like, man, that's empowering place to be because it definitely hasn't always been like that. That support means everything, dude. And uh, it's one of the main reasons why, you know, I'm starting pivot is because I feel so supported you know, with my close group. And then even, you know, outside of that, like I, anybody that I've had a conversation with, you know, I feel like, you know, we've always had a positive interaction with anybody that I've talked to. So I naturally get their support and, you know, people on Instagram always reach out to the things. So I, I, one of the main reasons why I feel confident starting a whole ass new business is because of the support that, you know, my close friends and my, my, my family, and then even, you know, outside Instagram, you know, and, and the other people that I've met throughout the country. So yeah, it definitely means a lot for sure. So pivots brand is new passion project that he's embarking on. He told me he was going to do this, um, you know, when he moves to Tampa, stuff like that. And it's coming to fruition. He, he's made, you've made, um, you have seven or eight shirt designs right now. Eight shirt designs. I'm going to drop probably five at the end of july yeah five that i really really like out of the eight they're all eight, are you all dropping eight my favorite are you dropping my favorite one the pvt one yeah yeah, yeah dude, that's sure. definitely yeah, my favorite sure. one yeah definitely. the one that i showed you today yeah for sure yeah so um wow was that today so yeah i think it was today so brandon's starting this pivot line and you know i told him i was like hey look Godpod will blow you up. Like Godpod will fucking show love. Godpod will show support. So don't let me be 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 writing these checks that y'all don't sign because pivots dope. Like uh, you, you guys will hopefully see me wearing it here real soon, so I can yep. start supporting. Yep. You'll see our friends kind of rocking it, uh, stuff like mm-hmm. that. But it's gonna be real fucking cool. You know what's really cool? Um, I was doing my laundry the other day, and I was actually doing it myself. Big right. boy, that big, was a, big boy. Cool thing. <laughs> For, see, I might do my laundry once a month. The other times I'm paying someone to do it. So I'm doing it myself and I'm like hanging up all these clothes and stuff. And I'm like, all of these are from like my friends' companies. 
Mm-hmm. Like yeah. I have so many clothes from my friends coming. I'm like, damn, dude, low key. That's a sign of a good ass fucking friend. I have. Yeah, dude, that's cool. I would say 70% of what I wear is my friends' companies. That's really cool. That's dope. That's awesome. huh? It means you're surrounded that means by the you right support group. Support your friends too. Fuck yeah! Well, I have the coolest group of friends like of all time. Yeah. Like, and, they, really and they drop cool and they drop cool teas. Yeah, and they have cool ideas. Like hanging out with me, that was their best idea that they ever had. <laughs> 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 Maybe in a year I'll make a I'll make a shirt, a just Maley shirt, something dude, stupid, a lim- and I'll put it out there. Limited edition release, dude. Let's go. <laughs> I'll make like I'll make five five shirts. Five shirts. Uh, let's see. Me, you, my mom, my dad, my sister. I ain't wearing it. <laughs> oh, <fuck. laughs> I'm just kidding. Oh, hey, if I make man. it, if I make it, it's gonna be cool. And, uh, it, it, it will. But, but I think you know, <laughs> our environments have allowed us to do so much, and the people that support us have allowed us to level up through so many. Dude, honestly, going through life with positive environment is is a cheat code. Um, yeah, my dude, I, you know, I take assessment of mine. Oh dude, I didn't tell you about this. So, you know, I'm, I constantly talk about taking assessment of my people and the people in my life. And like, there's a lot of uncomfortable conversations that come from that. There's a lot of, um, you know, I guess, uh, times of tension, if you will, not negative tension, like positive tension, growth tension. But last, look, last week, last Wednesday, I called a long-term friend of mine. And well, long term, it's like it's not long term. It's like two years. We've been friends like two years. You know this person real well. And I was like, listen, next time I see you, I'm just letting you know I'm doing you the due diligence that I'm going to be acting different because this is the third time I've had to call you and ask you why I'm here and you say things. And it's also the third times that I've been shown message proof of you running your mouth about me when like I've just been cool with you. I've helped your business. I've grown it threefold. I've done remarkable work for you. And like all you do is constantly try to like attack me behind my back and stuff, right? So I got about half I'm of those words out. I'm be acting a little out. different. I, that's <laughs> what I said. I'm be acting a little different. And I got like half those words out. And this, you know, this person's reaction, um, you know, was in line with showing a, a good bit of guilt. Um, but it's like, What's the nature of this story? The nature of the story isn't like, oh, you know, you cut someone off. I've talked about that forever. The nature of the story is when I go to bed at night, I don't have to have these thoughts about the way that I handled a situation. Because, yeah, dude, my stomach was fucking wrenched when, I, when like, you hear the fucking line ring and you're about to tell someone, like, hey, our friendship that we had is over. Like, mm-hmm. and when it comes from me, it's pretty concrete. This is pretty set in stone stuff. Like, you're not going to have, I just don't have time. I'm not going to meet you and have a coffee and make up for it. I don't have time for that. Like, well, it's probably out of that reach at that point. It's, anyway. Yeah, if I got to this point where I'm taking energy out of my day to call you on the way to the gym, it's, it's dead. And this is someone who's benefited a ton from me. And, you know, he goes ballistic. And... You know, it's really bad, right? Um, but now, every, every day since then that I've thought about it, which is really probably only three days, <laughs> including today, that I've thought about it, I feel so good about the fact that, hey, I was able to pick up the phone, I was able to have this conversation, and I can't control how it's taken by that party. I can only control how my reaction is to it. When that person was screaming and yelling on the phone, I was just talking and I was very calm, cool, collected. When they hung up, I wasn't pissed. I wasn't anything. I was just like chill vibe, like whatever. 
That's a ton of ownership that you have. That's extreme emotional control. And again, you harness this through having the ownership. And why is this? Because when you have extreme ownership, you're separating your ego from your realism. And your ego is always going to be an emotionally driven thing because your ego's purpose is to support you, to build you up, to make you feel like you are like, you know, maybe a little bit better than you are. And especially when you're someone who like has an inflated ego, myself included, like your ego can very much so get out of control, right? Mine has been out of control previously in my professional career. The realism side that comes up and kind of squashes that down is just the outlook you're able to have on yourself. Where am I lacking? Where can things be better? What can I do to better control the way I'm presenting myself and operating just as a simple human being for my friends, for my athletes, for my romantic relations, all that stuff, right? Extreme ownership can only happen if we have two separate schools and the realism needs to be more powerful than the, than the ego. And uh, there's many times that he, you know why? And I think Brandon's the same way. You know why we're so unbothered when you say anything mean to us? Because the shit that we put ourselves through and the critical eye that we give to ourselves is nothing close to a word you could ever say to me. Yeah. <laughs> not, not only not only that, um, kind of like wrapping it back into you know the topic. My my people know who I am. My people know what I do and what I like how I handle myself, my character. Yeah. Like I'm not worried about what the fuck Joe Schmo thinks of me. Yeah. You don't even know me, bro. Exactly. Ask ask anybody that's close to me. I guarantee you they don't say anything of the like. Yeah. I, I I agree with that a hundred percent. Like if, if, if you're someone who we're on the same vibe and say wavelength, you know me real well. And you know, like this is a good ass motherfucker, man. Like, and I'm, I'm definitely proud of both of us for having that. Cause it's not, not everyone has, you know, that, but like our people go to war for us. And it's just because we've gone to war for them and, you know, we've gone to war for each other. You know, that's what makes Mm -hmm. this bond so special. So my number three on this list of hierarchy is very much of the environment, the culture you surround yourself with. If you're surrounded by a lot of negativity and a lot of losing, I bet you're negative and I bet you're losing. If you're surrounded by the opposite, I bet you're real happy and I bet you're winning. And I personally, I just want to see all my people winning. Number four. Number four on that list is kind of like the intangible stuff is like, I have recently noticed since moving to factory, how important the right gym environment is. The issue is you can only change so much about like where you're living. Right. Um, Which do, by the way, I'm about to move back downtown. Haven't told you about really? that yet. Yeah. You haven't. Yeah. Like like, an apartment condo. No, I'm buying a house. So you're like, you're going towards where? Huh? Where are you? Yeah, I'm downtown. I'm right downtown. What? On the east side. Oh, okay. Yeah, That's what's up. yeah it's dope. It's dope. That's I, uh, cool. yeah, it's, it's going to happen pretty soon. Uh, so yeah, it'll be really fucking cool. It'll be real cool. Okay. We'll, um, we'll talk more about it. Yeah. I'm excited for that. Um, but being in the right gym and for the first time in my life, I'm in the right gym environment. And what that looks like for me is different from what it looks like for everyone else. But like when you show up to factory at 10 30 AM, people are fucking getting it. Like yep. getting after it, dude, they are training and everyone there has a purpose. They're all competitors or they're powerlifters or they're 
strongmen or they're just people who are trying to get in more tip top shape than they're already in or they're people who you know are along their journey but they're giving it every single ounce of effort they have the music's blasting the color scheme is dope the staff Mm -hmm. is making sure the place is spotless the equipment is gnarly like dude every it's like a perfect gym environment and every Mm -hmm. day it's positive competition there's no petty bullshit happening in that gym and the reason why is because the leadership from the top down is so firm and so strong and i feel like at previous gyms we've been at there was like gossip within the leadership group which trickles down to the culture that the rest Mm -hmm. of the gym has and now the rest of the gym is on that same level and like no it is very strict run by the book. It is to a T at this gym and all of our progression has been exponentially better. Like, dude, I'm driving 45 minutes there and back. I'm driving an hour and a half a day when I'm not someone that has that. that, It's making you that much better. It's making us that much better when like our last gym is 10 minutes up the road. (laughs) Yeah, no, and it's worth it. It's so worth it. Yeah, yeah. You got to, you got to feel like factory before it was what it was. Like Uh whenever you come back, oh, you come back in two weeks, right? Next Thursday. Yeah. Oh dude. Yeah. When you feel factory, then you'll be like, what the fuck? This place is bonkers. And like, dude, dude, I'm, I'm, my footprints over there. I can't wait to go see it. I know, dude. <laughs> so like, like that, that having that, having those intangibles, um, like, uh, other things would be like, um, access to a good posing coach. Um, you know, access to, um, you know, uh, people who are going to be very honest to you around the gym, access to experienced competitors. You know, something that happens a lot of factory is people who aren't my athletes are coming up and just be like, Hey, can you give my physique a look? And I tell every single one of them, you better be ready for some, you know, cold, hard mm-hmm. truth. And they're like, all right, like, let's go. And then I tell them and they apply right, it and right. it's dope. They just, they're not my athletes. They're just people who are getting into it. And, you know, they're prepping mm-hmm. and they're X amount of weeks out. And I'll tell them, hey, you know, you're ahead, you're behind, um, you know, whatever it is. Like having that at the gym is remarkably crucial. Being around people who have fucking done it and like done it at a yeah. high level. I think that's really good. I think like little things like access to, you know, higher quality foods, access to higher quality drugs. Um, honestly, are you able to use growth hormone? <laughs> that's a pretty, that's a pretty big one in itself. Um but Can then, afford it? but then the final thing up here, dude, it's so simple. You touched on it earlier. Are you sending your fucking training videos? Are you checking in on time? Are you actually taking your blood glucose every time you check in? Or are you just bullshitting it around like some range that you found is, is normal for you on show day? Are you stress-free? Are you, are you a client that stresses your coach out or are you a client that your coach looks forward to hearing from? Um, it's, it's these little minute details that like, this is the last sprinkle on top of, are you a professional or not? How do you handle a loss? How do you conduct yourself in a win? Um, what's the mentality that you just wake up with in the morning and, and, and go at each day with what, what do you do when you're not motivated? What do you do when no one's watching? What do you do when the lights are off? Like things like that are like the top of this little list of hierarchy. Um, you know, for me, is there anything in there that you can think of that I kind of forgot in this little pyramid? I built this little pyramid, right? In my mind. No, you, you, you kind of nailed, you kind of nailed everything. Um, Especially the growth. You know, I like, the, I like, I like the point that, <laughs> the point about talking about your ego. Um, we, we talked about the last podcast, you know, you're not yeah. going to get anywhere that uh, exponential by yourself. No. You know, 
I talked about using your resources and we talked about it again, you know, use your resources, your opposing coaches, you know, yeah. um, people that have been there, people that have competed, you know, educated people, other coaches, mm-hmm. you know, talk to everyone, you know, don't be afraid to open your mouth and ask questions. But you know, you know, why, what's, yeah, in, why, that ego. why people struggle with using their resources is it's back to that lack of ownership of, I don't know this. So mm-hmm. I don't want to ask this person needs to be outweighed by, I really need to know this answer. And I do not currently with my current skill set, I don't have that answer. So now how do I obtain that information? And I'm like, dude, you know what? There's so many fucking people that are extremely helpful in this space that it's like, yep. man, if you want an answer, like you can definitely get it. You can definitely get it real quick. Yeah. I'm not saying fucking DM me like your questions and stuff like that, but I do ask, I, I do an, uh, what do you call it? Ask me anything or ask me a question. The Q&A. Yeah, I do one like once a month or twice a month. Like throw anything in there. If it's a good question, I answer. I, I, I'll, I'll do like 15 questions usually. And, you know, usually there's some really weird ones. Hey, I'm thinking about doing an anonymous link, but um, I, 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 I don't, I, I think people might be weird on it. Oh, people are going to be weird for sure. People are weird in just the normal Q&As with their fucking photo next to their name. <laughs> <laughs> oh my shit. god oh my god you're so right yeah i'm not gonna do that then <laughs> i'm not if, if if you see me throwing up and ask or an anonymous i just know i smoked a lot of green that night the only the only way that you, you should do it is if you answer them all live that would be way more how fun. do i do that you go on instagram live and, and then I, answer the question and then i just oh so you want people to sign on and do it Oh yeah. So like people, like people have to watch you to get the answer. You don't have, you don't actually answer it. Oh, I'm down. Oh, I'm so down with that. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds like fun. I would, I I would love to do that. Yeah. Yeah, Cause then you're, then you're getting, you're getting your entertainment in too. You're not just entertaining a bunch of fucking weirdos. Yeah. (laughs) And you can, and you can pick the questions you want to answer. Oh man. I'm answering every single one. If I'm high and I'm live, I'm answering every single question there is. (laughs) <laughs> if this is a true full on ask me anything. This is going to get grimy. <laughs> no, nah, be ready. Be be fucking ready. No, so yeah. I think all of these things are remarkably important and I think in bodybuilding it's such a narcissistic and selfish sport that I think we oftentimes lose sight of the people who, you know, truly helped us to get there. And you know when when you see a client or an athlete make a uh, you know, show day recap posts where they're like thanking people and whatnot. I think it's really powerful to see, um, you know, how many people like, you know, are, are part of this thing. Like I was yep. a coach and I was this one little part and man, there were 10 mm-hmm. other people who were really a vital part of this person's yeah. con- contest prep. And you know what I think about? I'm like, man, those people, they were probably like, what's Justin saying? Like, what's Justin thinking? Like, yep. let's see. yeah, and like, that's I, so interesting. Yeah, I just think it's so cool to like know that that was going on like behind the scenes and part of the process. But, yeah. you know, there, there's also, um, you know, like Emily's traveling up to New Jersey this week by herself, only her. It's like, if she turns pro, she's celebrating by herself. Like, I've gone to the Kentucky Muscle in 2017 by myself. I didn't have anyone else there. It was just me. Um, I just, I celebrated, you know, just me, um, mm-hmm. even though my right. family, my family is only like an hour and a half away. Doesn't mean that was, doesn't mean that she's not supported though. You know, she knows she is. 
Oh my god! I, I think that's why that's why Emily's so confident going into this one because my god, she has a fucking squad that want her mm-hmm. to come back with this exactly. W so bad. Um, yeah, everyone's gonna be watching the live stream, dude. I can't wait. I'm, I can't fucking wait for that live stream. I'm already. I'm fucking. I'm amped up, dude. I'm fired. I love bodybuilding. <laughs> you, you should be. Yeah, you should be. But um, keep these things in mind. I hope this helps. It does take a village, and you know, my last note I want to leave you guys with. And prep, just, dude, try to be a good person. And you have to understand that's way easier just said than done because you get real tired and, you know, your hormones are definitely, you know, fluctuating a bit. And, like, you're hungry and you're stressed and there's a lot going on around your mind. Just try to continually remind yourself. It's something that I'm going to be focusing on this prep very heavily. Just be a good person. And, like, don't – the people closest to you, they're the ones who feel the most wrath out of you. But make sure they're the ones feeling the most love out of you as well. Because those people at the end of the road, yep. they're the ones who matter more than anything. And another really cool note that I want to leave you with. A very cool note I want to leave you with. My dad's coming to my show. Shut up. Yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah. Dude, what? Yeah. Yeah. That's that cool. is exciting. I Holy know. shit. Yeah, my dad and stepmom are gonna come down for it. <laughs> wow, dude. I'll be yeah. the next one, baby. What's uh, up? Isn't that cool? <laughs> isn't that cool? I was like, you guys are about to be the that's most lit. popular people in this building. <laughs> wow, well, hold on, hold on. Yeah. I have to leave I have to leave you with uh, with my note. Uh oh. Then you're gonna be excited. You might be excited, you might not be excited Uh-oh. for this. I'm not sure. Um, because you're talking about parents. Yeah. Dude, my mom's moving to Nashville. Your mom's moving? She's actually moving. Actually, no bullshit, bro. No bullshit. Swear to God, no bullshit. Oh, I have to hear more about this off air. This is awesome. I am so fucking (laughs) proud of her. That's really fucking cool to hear, man. I cried this morning when she told me. Oh, yeah, I was so excited for her. That makes me so. I I am very very Cheryl. Well done. Well done, Cheryl. <laughs> yeah. There's way worse places to live than Nashville. This is a huge upgrade from where she's at now. So this is remarkable. Yep. You want to talk about you want to talk about putting yourself in back kind of against the wall situation. Your mom's in her late fifties and she's just about to uproot her life and move across the country. That's yep. that takes stones. And you know what's really cool about it? You and Megan have pushed her and inspired her to do this. So you guys are the biggest part of why she's doing this because it's what you've wanted so Mm -hmm. badly. And the culture that you guys hold yourself to is rubbed off on your mom and got her to this point to where late 50s, she's uprooting, moving across the country. That, my friend, is fucking impact. And you and Megan should both be very proud of that. I'm proud of you. So for episode 216, we left you with two bombs. Ah, I can't wait to chat with you guys next time. I'll see you then. Have a fantastic weekend and a safe July 4th. Stay hydrated.